If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, SFFYA listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharif Williams, recording on April 9th, and today we're going to talk about isolation reading recommendations, featuring one cathartic read about isolation and one escapist read. But before I get into my picks, I'm going to tell you about today's sponsor, which is TBR. TBR is Book Riot subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Tired of wasting money on books you end up not loving? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for, and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. All right, so... The pandemic rages on. I am still sheltering in place and the cabin fever is definitely kicking in. I'm an introvert, surprise, surprise, but even I have my limits and I need that face-to-face time. I'm not talking about Zoom because that's different. (laughs) And I don't know, one thing I've heard time and again is simply that, you know, whether or not you're a homebody, it's, it's not having the option to be out and about that really stings. And this is an unprecedented event in our lifetimes, of course, and we've all been figuring out how best to keep our minds and our bodies happy while we quarantine. And when it comes to books, everyone has their flavor. So, you know, some lean into pandemic literature, others take a break from their usual bookish lifestyle altogether and just turn to television or other hobbies. That is kind of me, to be honest. And today I'm offering up some books that might help you break out of a reading slump if you're in one while in isolation because it's a challenging thing and the things you enjoy doing don't always feel enjoyable when you're kind of just stuck at home having to do them. So hopefully one of these two picks will help you out. And my first pick is The Wanderers by Meg Howery. This one is for those of you who, at least to some extent, seek that catharsis in stories that reflect your current struggle. And while I doubt any of us is participating in simulated space travel, although if you are, wow, that is pretty amazing. This is a story about a group of people who are trapped in a confined space. And Well, not necessarily trapped, but they are in a confined space for reasons. And my heart definitely goes out to all of those of you who have roommates right now, 
I sincerely hope you have a wonderful relationship with them. The three individuals piloting a trip to Mars that's funded by this private organization called Prime Space are not so lucky in that they're basically strangers. In order to go on this trip, they first have to participate in the 17-month-long simulation to make sure they can handle the pressures of isolation and get along with each other. So yeah, hopefully it won't be like that for us. But while I would definitely be the person weighing my jar of peanut butter on like a food scale every day to make sure nobody was up in my food, even though it's clearly labeled with my name. These voyagers are supposed to be better about these things. So there's Helen, Sergei, and Yoshihiro, who each come from really different backgrounds and cultures, but they've been hand-selected to participate. And as you might imagine, Prime Space is not the type of organization that shirks from research. So they've looked into these people just a little. But also, of course, there would be no story if there was no strife. And the story alternates between three characters, these three, exploring their experiences in the simulation, but also their backstories and their backgrounds and the people in their lives. So the narrative actually shifts as well to the people in their lives. So Helen's daughter, one of Sergei's sons, and Yoshihiro's partner... It even shifts to one of the people observing the simulation. And in that way, you're taken outside of the cramped quarters of the simulation and allowed to breathe here and there. The perspective shifts I thought were done really well, and I found the lives of these characters really interesting and complex. It's also a really wonderfully written story. I listened to it on audiobook and was completely... Like it was one of those stories I couldn't like necessarily pull myself away from. I just kind of fell into a bit of a spell listening to it. Meg Howery definitely knows how to use her words. But a few important notes on this book. The science fiction element is pretty light. The book takes place in the near future. I'd say the most science fictional elements of the story actually live with Madoka, who's Yoshihiro's wife. But there is that element of what may be what may be in the realm of science. So what may come. Also, this is really a character study. The plot is very much secondary. So if you're looking for something really plot driven, this is not it. <laughs> and I think that the marketing of this book might lead to some disappointment. So please do not pay attention to the marketing or the comps. Um, I don't know if they've changed that since this book came out, but I know there was some disappointment in that. I went in not knowing what it was comped with, and I love a really good character study, so this was definitely my jam. So again, if it's yours as well, that was The Wanderers by Meg Howery. Now, my next pick is for those of you who want to be somewhere completely different than where you are now. You do not want to read anything about what's going on. You don't want to read anything about isolation or being in a cramped space. This is for you. Um, and that pick is Like Water for Chocolate by Laura Esquivel, translated by... The translation actually had two names. I think these are the two people who translated it. Um, but excuse me if it's just one of them and not the other. It's translated by Carol Christensen and Thomas Christensen. Oh, well, they're related. I can't believe that only occurred to me. Anyway... I don't know about you, but I've been doing a lot of cooking lately. I've been seeing a lot of quarantine kitchen stuff, and it's been amazing in that way. This is my silver lining. 
to see all of the creations coming out of people's kitchen. People who don't necessarily cook a lot are producing some really interesting stuff. So that's been keeping me engaged and entertained, looking at my Instagram stories and seeing what people are cooking. And that's probably why this book jumped out at me. Like Water for Chocolate is this really lush, delicious, exquisite, magical, realist read set in Mexico. And the story follows Tita de la Garza, who lives on a ranch with her mother and her older sisters. And the story follows her from her teen years into adulthood. And at the center of the story is this romance between Tita and the neighbor Pedro. Tita is forbidden from marrying Pedro, uh, even though they're in love because she's the youngest sister. And tradition demands that she care for her mother when her mother reaches old age. So this is very much a star-crossed lover's tale about two people navigating a life of forbidden love. It is not necessarily feel-good, but it's bittersweet in all the right ways. The story also has a bit of that generational element in that it's narrated by Tita's, I think she's her... She's Tita's grandniece, the person who's narrating this story, who's also nicknamed Tita. And there are many elements of magical realism in this story, but the seminal magic happens in the kitchen. So Tita is this really amazing cook who quite literally pours her passion into her cuisine. People who eat her food find themselves overcome with this sort of empathetic emotion. And unfortunately, this does not make some of the problem customers in the story feel actual empathy for Tita's plight. So Tita enters these trials that are doled out by her mother and her sister. She sees Pedro make a really terrible compromise that keeps him physically near but unavailable to her as a husband. And she's meant to lead this sort of lonely life as a caretaker, and she resists it. But, you know, in this time and place, there's only so much she can do. Again, not exactly feel good, but I mean, wow, th this story will really take you away with its prose and its super seductive descriptions of food, which is always something I look for in a book and which really adds a lot at least for me, especially in these times. And bonus, each section of the book comes with a recipe. So if you're in need of some quarantine kitchen inspiration, you can also find that here. Again, I've been talking about Like Water for Chocolate by Laura Esquivel, translated by Carol and Thomas Christensen. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Hang in there. Wash your hands. Email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. We love to hear from you. And you can find me online on Instagram at Williams. That's S-C-A-I-N-A-B Williams. Until next time.